Please join me this evening in 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. If you were with us last Sunday night, we were studying Philippians chapter 4. And the subject emerges in Philippians chapter 4 of contentment. As it was exemplified and claimed and taught by the Apostle Paul. We went through that. And I said to us when we were going through that in Philippians 4 that at one point we realize in life and certainly in Philippians 4 that we go through periods where we are up and everything seems to be happening as we would want it to happen but then there are other days other periods of time in life when things are not going as we intend and we struggle to maintain a level sense of contentment. We studied that in Philippians 4. Well, what we're going to look at here in 1 Chronicles 16 was a very good day for David. When you read through the life of David in the Old Testament, not every day was a good day. But this was a good day for David. Here's the background. There was this holy container, the Ark of the Covenant. And this goes back to the time of Moses, Exodus 25, verse 10. This container was built and it contained the Ten Commandment tablets, Aaron's rod, and a pot of manna, according to Hebrews 9, verse 4. In battle with the Philistines, the ark was taken. God troubled the Philistine men in such a painful way, the ark was abandoned, and it became the strong intention of David to get the ark back among the people of Israel. A special place was prepared, and the ark was returned. So this was a great day for David. And the opening verses in 1 Chronicles 16 form a narrative of celebration and praise to God and great joy in David and among the people. And then beginning at verse 8 in 1 Chronicles chapter 16, there is a passage that may be labeled in your Bible above the paragraph. It may say something like David's song of thanks. And portions of this, almost verbatim, can be found over in the book of Psalms. This was important. We're going to listen to David now in First Chronicles 16, beginning at verse 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his presence continually. 
Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statue to Israel, as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared among, I'm sorry, he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Think about what David could have said on this occasion. He might have given a speech that could have sounded like this. Folks, look what I've done for you. With my great determination and skill as a leader, I organized this effort based on my good intentions. I led us to this marvelous day, and now I'm feeding all of you this good food, and you're hearing all these good things. 
Oh, I know the Levites helped and the singers did a pretty good job. But did you see me in my uniform the other day as we brought the ark into the tent that I made? There's nothing like that in this text. Nothing like that in the Psalms. It was a great day of joy for David, no doubt. But it really wasn't David's day. It was God's day. The glory was not focused on David or the Levites or any of the men of Israel who did the work and participated. This was not a political rally or an award ceremony for any man or woman on earth. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord all the glory. That's all the glory. Blessed be the Lord. And then all the people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. We could go into great historical detail here. And we could go into deep expository detail, into the richness of the text. But I have one question we're going to use for our edification tonight. And we're going to use the text to answer the question. And the question is, how do we praise God? What can we learn from this passage about how we praise God? I'm going to highlight five words in 1 Chronicles 16 in this text we've read to answer our question, how do we praise God? We sing to Him. Verse 9, sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Verse 23, sing to the Lord. Many scientific studies have recently been offered to the public concluding that music and singing has great value. And these studies are about secular music. And I think we've known for a long time that there is value in music to the brain, the body, and certainly the mood. But in recent years, studies and experiments have been published, for example, to demonstrate the valuable use of music for Parkinson's patients and Alzheimer's patients. And I read a study in my newsfeed that just came out yesterday about how those who have autism can be greatly helped by music therapy. I was a musician in my earlier years, and I certainly discovered the value of playing and performing, and still today, listening to music. But when you read what the Bible says about singing, there is an even deeper and richer dimension to be discovered. In that this is one way man can praise God, thank God, give glory and honor to God. Singing in this passage and in the New Testament passages is not about talent or competition or entertainment or even music therapy for those who have some health condition. 
While we benefit when we sing one with another about God and give Him glory, the primary element in singing is recognizing God. Honoring Him with our hearts through our lips. Lifting our voices to Him in praise. Even though maybe in some cases those voices may not be exactly in tune. This is what it's all about. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. I hope we are all singing with the Spirit and understanding, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians, with good attention to good spiritual lyrics that praise God and call attention to our good responses to Him. In Psalm 22, 22, I will proclaim <clears throat> thy name to my brethren in the midst of the congregation. I will sing thy praise. This was God's day. And one way we praise God is to sing. Seek is another word in the text that identifies how we praise God. Verse 11, seek the Lord and His strength. Seek His presence continually. The word seek is a verb indicating action. When I seek the Lord, I want to be active in learning and doing and growing and serving. I may praise God with my lips, but I must also praise Him with my life. May I say that again? I may praise God with my lips, but I also must praise Him with my life. It gives glory to Him. It strengthens me when I seek Him and want to know more about Him so that I can serve Him with deeper motivation and passion. Jesus said, we all remember, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. He also said, Seek and you will find. Paul said, Seek the things that are above where Christ is at the right hand of God. We praise God in song. But that should be accompanied by seeking Him and praising Him with the activity of our faith in everyday life. Here's another word in 1 Chronicles 16 that tells us about how we praise God. Remember. Verse 15, remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. When the Bible speaks of apostasy, when the Bible identifies spiritual failure, one image that is used repeatedly is forgetting God. I think... It is not the sort of thing where you get up one morning and suddenly decide at 9.05, I'm going to forget God from here on. Rather, it comes on us gradually in very small incremental steps as the world pulls against us. 
as the ideas of men slowly seduce us, as the devil lies to us, and eventually we take the bait. One way we praise God is to keep Him alive in our minds. Remember His covenant forever. And reference is made in First Chronicles 16, of course, to the covenant that they were under, based on the promises made to Abraham and the law given through Moses. In our case, the new covenant of Jesus Christ. We need to remember. We praise God in song. We praise God by seeking Him on a daily basis. That's activity. We praise God by remembering Him and focusing on His covenant with us through Jesus Christ. Psalm 103 verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. I spoke to us a few weeks ago about gratitude. The value of gratitude. Forget none of his benefits. Every time I call to my memory a benefit from God, it does me good. And by calling that to memory, I praise him. Dual benefits. Every time I review the blessings, I mean specifically. Remember when I preached about gratitude a few weeks ago. I spoke to us about how easy generic gratitude is. I'm thankful to God for everything. Take everything and diagram that into a sentence. And specify it and make a list. Every time I review the blessings, every time I call to memory a single benefit from the Lord, I enjoy edification in that memory and I form a statement in my mind of praise to God. I need to do that often. I need to remember specifically and personally what God has done for me. And as I do that, I'm praising Him. And that gratitude of remembering His benefit helps me to remain faithful and grow and serve and seek and sing praise to God. Declare. We praise God by declaring Him and declaring His marvelous works. This is evangelism in First Chronicles 16 at verse 24. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. Verse 8, make known His deeds among the peoples. Now you know what's coming to us next. Here is a convicting question each one of us need to consider up here and out there. When is the last time we spoke to someone about the marvelous works of the Lord? I'll give us a couple of minutes. When is the last time we spoke to someone about the marvelous works of the Lord? When recently... Did we speak to someone about Jesus Christ and Him crucified? Are we declaring the marvelous works of the Lord that took place on the cross and in the resurrection? When our meeting approaches in January, will we each be engaged asking people to visit us and hear about the marvelous works of the Lord? Evangelism is one way we praise 
God. We speak to people our respect and our praise for God. We invite interest. We put before people what God has done that they can benefit from in their response to the gospel. We really need to think about personally, to what extent do I tell my friends about the Lord? David said, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. Then, as you would expect to find in such a text as this, worship. Verse 29. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Sometime, maybe next year in my sermon planning, I'm just going to take up that phrase. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. A lot of what is called worship in the world today, in the religious world, does not involve the splendor of holiness. It involves something else that is humanly centered and worldly. Worship is a part of man's total response to God, the God of all grace and power and might, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. To see what God did for us on the cross in that sacrifice that would offer, uh, that was offered to free us from sin, that should motivate us to offer to God the sacrifice of praise that is the fruit of our lips that gives thanks to His name. Hebrews thirteen fifteen. Think of worship as an act of magnifying the greatness of God. Not entertaining people, but the act of magnifying the greatness of God. That's the Old Testament definition that extends into the New Testament. In Psalm 34 and verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord, let us exalt His name. What is magnification? Magnification, by definition, means to enlarge, to see clearly. In worship that is according to Scripture, we should be focused on and see clearly how good God is. Our view of God and His goodness in the gospel should be enlarged. We see how holy and righteous and just He is. When we worship God as described in the New Testament, what we're doing is praising Him. We are ascribing to the Lord the glory due His name. The modern religious culture around us, as I mentioned a moment ago, often says, pick and choose from a cafeteria of religious ideology. It's what the religious world says. The religious world says, any church is okay, any religion will do, every man for himself. Now, who does that magnify? When somebody says, every church is okay, and every religion will do, and every man for himself, find out what you like, and what entertains you, and what, what you can market to the community. Who does that magnify? It magnifies man rather than God. When we do 
what God says worship is. Not that we craft from our brainstorming, but what God says worship is, we magnify, we praise Him, we see Him clearly, and it builds us up within. And it helps us in the maintenance of reverence and the spiritual growth we need. How do we praise God? We sing His praises. We seek Him day after day, actively serving Him. We remember His covenant with us through Jesus Christ, and we declare that to people. And we worship, we magnify His name. I want to close with a quotation from a gospel preacher, D. Bowman. He wrote, God deserves our best. And under that title he said, Real worship happens when your spirit responds to God. We worship daily when we pray privately and read and meditate upon the sacred word, sing a hymn while stuck in traffic, or praise him openly to a friend. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 113.3 I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Would you listen please again in 1 Chronicles 16. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Tell of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that He has done. His miracles and the judgments he uttered, O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac which he confirmed to Jacob as a statue, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty 
are before him. Strength and glory are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory. Do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. And he come, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then... All the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Let's be standing as we sing. To Jesus for the cleansing power, are you washed in the blood of the Lord?